At the Greater Minden Chamber, we help businesses. It's our passion. Each month, the BizBits podcast will bring information that will help local businesses not just survive, but thrive. We aim to bring you experts who know what it means to do business in our community. Now on to this month's show. Welcome to the BizBits podcast. I am David Specht, 2020 Chair of the Greater Minden Chamber, and in studio today, we have Jacques Lassane from Louisiana Workforce Commission to help local businesses look back on 2020 as far as workforce goes and looking ahead as to some of the challenges and um, opportunities for small business in the coming year. Uh, Jacques has uh, been involved with the Chamber for a number of years and we are so blessed to have him here. Jacques, welcome to the show. Um, I just want to kind of turn the floor over to you and let you kind of explain where we are in 2020 with regard to what we've all dealt with from a workforce standpoint, what we've dealt with with regard to unemployment, and then we'll kind of jump into a discussion about what moving forward looks like for all of us. One thing we're seeing right now is uh, the last few months, uh, we've had a lot of job postings from employers. That's an encouraging sign that business is picking up again, Mm -hmm. and so that's good. Uh, One issue we've had the last few months is we have a lack of applicants applying for jobs. Now, that has picked up the last couple of months since the big incentive from the federal government that gave a lot of money to people on unemployment, that has ended. So now companies are seeing more applicants coming to apply for jobs. So that is encouraging. Yes. Um, Yeah, I would say as a business owner and as a lot of our business owners, that was a huge uh, uh, obstacle because when, when when the state started reopening and businesses started reopening, a lot of them couldn't find anybody to come back to work because they were, they were making more money sitting at the house. Mm-hmm. So you've seen that uptick taking place on the on the um, on the workforce side. Yes, the, um, uh, it's been estimated that two thirds of the people nationwide who drew unemployment with the incentive made more than they would have <laughs> working in a job. So there's very big disincentive to work. But now that that money is gone. Uh, more people are applying for work. So that's helping. Uh, We need more, but uh, it's a positive trend. So as um, businesses continue to to, to reopen, and and I know that we've recently, this is being recorded in November, but going out in December, that there's been some spikes in COVID and then there's been questions about, you know, are we ever going to fully reopen and and what's the governor going to do next? What if some of the things that if you were sitting in a, sitting in the chair of a business owner, what would be some of the things that you would say, hey, you could take advantage of these things now in preparation for 2021, regardless of what happens? One thing, um, uh, because the trust fund has been hit so bad, <clears throat> uh, one of my best programs, the Incumbent Worker Training Program, is still in effect hmm. because we ha- we're using money from this year for taxes. So uh, we don't know what's going to happen in six months but luckily that fund is still working so if a business has been in Louisiana for three years at least they can access those funds and that's one of my most popular programs the last 20 years can you give us a little bit of a breakdown if if somebody's never heard of incumbent worker training 
what what exactly is the framework of it? I, I know a little bit about it, but, but okay. kind of give the framework to somebody who's like, oh, I got a business. What is this incumbent worker training thing? Okay. If a company uh, wants to train at least 15 employees, if they don't have that many, they can form a consortium of other companies to get 15. If they have at least 15, they can go to a training provider in the state, say, I need training on my, on my current employees to raise their skill level. And basically, they apply for this grant. They get the grant, and that training is free. Okay, there's no charge. Now, it comes from the, the unemployment trust fund, and that's where the money comes from. And that's why we don't know what's going to happen next year. But many, many companies uh, get grants from from 50000 to 600000 to to have their employees trained. And it's a very popular program. And I would encourage any employer to check into that. As, as they're looking, that my understanding, and, and, and I know the rules change as the cycle goes, but isn't it true, too, that once somebody goes through encumbered worker training, then it's incum- incumbent, that's a crazy word, but the, the employer is expected to raise that person's salary. Therefore, you are raising the overall um, payroll, if you will, across the state by utilizing this program. Is that correct? Right. The application uh, is done by points. So that's why the training providers in the state, they're very well aware of this process to get the company the most points. One thing we look at is we want to raise the skill level, and so they're more valuable to the employer. So we ask the employer, once they finish their training, whether it's six months or whatever it is, we expect them to give a little pay increase, a little or a lot. And it depends on the company, but uh, they do that. So that's it helps the employee and it helps the employer. Okay. Let's, let's kind of turn the tables just a little bit and talk about I'm ready to hire a new individual. For whatever reason, whoever we let, you know, we let go during COVID, you know, we're ready and they're no longer available. What are some of the things that, that Louisiana Workforce Commission offers to help me find and hire qualified individuals to, to take on those roles that I, that I may need? Okay. Uh, we, uh, because of the, the tax structure, uh, uh, one of our functions is to help people, help employers find people. And so companies either list their job postings on our website themselves or we do it for them. That gives them access to a lot of uh, applicants out there who are looking. Our website now, it gets a lot of traffic. Mm -hmm. And one thing we also do is we spot in jobs from other websites. So people go there because they can see not only our jobs, but a lot of jobs to look at. And so that's one service we provide. We can also do job fairs for companies, whether it's an in-person or drive-through job fair. And we partner with other companies to do that. As a matter of fact, today and uh, yesterday, we are having an in-person job fair for Libby Glass because mm. they're shutting down, so we, that's going on right now. So that's available. We also do social media promotion for companies. That's available for them. And then we have training programs like uh, Incumbent Worker, but also on-the-job training. Uh, we all know when a new employee comes on board, that's a big exp- expense to train them, to whatever your, however your company does it. So with on-the-job training, we'll pay 50% of the employee's wages for up to six months. So that's one program we have. Uh, so we have all the support uh, factors we have with uh, our offices around the state and this region and, um, and our, uh, our partners. 
So putting it all together, we can help a company, recruit people, uh, do some training for them, and um, help uh, show them some of the other tax incentive programs the state has mm-hmm. and how that might help them out. What are some of, and you may have already addressed it, but what are some of what you would consider the most underutilized uh, services that y'all provide? Are there are there things that are out there that you're like, I just can't believe people aren't taking more advantage of this. We offer this for folks, and they're just not taking advantage. What, what would be some of those things that you'd want to tell our listener that they could take advantage of? Uh, just um, uh, they may not realize the, the, uh, the depth of the reach of our website. Two, uh, incumbent worker training program, some companies use it all the time. A lot of companies have never used it. And of that program, it's a small for small business called the small business uh, program we have with IWTP. As for companies with 50 or less employees, and that's why they, their employees can get an off-the-shelf program from BIPC, from LTC, etc. They can go to class, finish the course, get their pass the course, and we will reimburse the the, uh, the employer. And that's three thousand a year for an employer. And I was talking to an HVAC uh, owner uh, last week, and he said, "You mean to tell me I can send one of my employees to the LTC?" Get training over there. I'll pay for the course, sixteen hundred, whatever it is. Pay for the books, so maybe two thousand. And when they finish that semester, you give me a check for two thousand, and we say yes. So that program, many people do, have never heard of that program. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What are some of the um, biggest needs that you've seen around the state? Uh, you know, in a in a COVID-related world, as far as um, maybe maybe like. What are some of the things that are that businesses say, man, I'm really hurting in this area. You know, is there anything you guys can do for us? What kind of phone calls are you getting at, at LWC? Uh, desperation phone calls, <laughs> uh, to be honest with you. Uh, before COVID hit, many employers could not find people with the right skills. And it's, it's gotten tougher, okay? Because as things open up again, uh, they need these skills still, and the people that are going back to work, uh, there's few people with those exact skills. So that's, that's the main thing we see with uh, the complaint is the right skill factor. What are some things that um, businesses can do? What, you know, what, what, how can we, me as a business owner or one of our businesses, what can they do to help fill that gap? I mean, you know, obviously what we've done over the last several years isn't producing the level of results that we want. Are there some things that we can do? You know, maybe it's go talk to a high school class or maybe it's put it out there that you do have these jobs and that, that your training is paid for. I, I, I don't know. What, what, what would you say to a business owner? One of the, uh, the key things uh, for, for business people in this situation is to communicate with their local training institutions. Uh, just yesterday I was with uh, Dr. Metters. Mm-hmm. And we were talking with a prospect, a uh, 110-person plant, okay? It looks very good, but uh, anyway, so he was telling them an example of a company in Minden needed X experience on their employees. So they devised a course just for that company. Mm-hmm. So one thing I recommend in business is, is talk to your local training schools. Say, this is what I need. Can you help me? And most of those will definitely adjust their courses to address that situation. Now, 20 years ago, in education, that was not the case. 
the last six, seven years, I've seen uh, schools really adjust and listen to business. Okay, so so if I'm a if I plan on expanding my 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 workforce, let's say at a newspaper, and I need people who have X skill set, what you're saying is is that that the local you know, whether it's the community college, the technical college, you know, et cetera, they're now more open to say, look, we'll train the people that you need. So would you say that patience and, and communication would be the, the two main, main factors for me if I'm looking to expand to say, look, do your work on the front end, and, and then when you're ready, we'll have the workforce ready for you? Absolutely. And they're, they're very uh, responsive mm-hmm. to business right now. And how good of a partner are they with, with Louisiana Workforce Commission? Does everybody kind of work hand-in-hand, hand or do I have to go to one and then go to the other and then go to the other, or can we get everybody in a room for that? Uh, yes, they, they work well together. And um, one thing these schools have is they have people who write income or work a training program grants, for example, so they know the process if that company wants to go that route. Mm-hmm. So I uh, said so the last six, seven, eight years, there's been a, a very good collaboration and communication with these partners, and I would encourage any business to talk to our, to our schools. Okay. Um, let's kind of pivot now to the, the worries. Um, one, of, one of the biggest worries, and, and we kind of talked all, off microphone about it for a half a second, and that is during the summer there, were, there was the erosion of the trust fund, which you've already alluded to. If the trust fund reaches a certain amount, do you happen to know the figures? You know, if, I, if I'm a Joe business owner and I'm paying my unemployment, you know, insurance tax every month and the trust fund is eroded to the place where the, where the, where the additional tax rate kicks in, can, can you kind of give me a ballpark sure. so I can sure. kind of plan my, my, sure. my next year budget? Right. Um, our UI trust fund uh, before COVID was one of the most stable in the country. We had like $1.1 billion. Okay, very good fun. And COVID hit, and it's, it, we drained it, okay, basically. Because, uh, you know, at one time in um, uh, May and eight, August, we had over 300,000 people drawing unemployment. So, uh, uh, so what happens in that situation with Louisiana laws is once the fund gets below $750 million, and that was a few months back, okay, the weekly benefit amount to claimants would drop. The maximum right now is 247 in Louisiana. It would drop to 221, which would be the lowest in the country. For uh, businesses, uh, they would get a tax hike. Uh, it's called a solvency tax, which would mean they would pay up 60 million more dollars in taxes. Okay, so that was supposed to happen. The legislature, uh, in a special session last year, said, "Well, they, they, they basically put everything on hold." Mm-hmm. Now, right now, since uh, the, the fund's gone, basically, we are borrowing from the federal government. Now, most states are doing that. Okay. Okay. So, uh, we don't have to pay any interest until next year. And the money starts being due in September. So, hopefully, in that time frame, the, uh, our state legislature will devise a plan for long-term solution for businesses and applicants, or the federal government will change some things and give us money, which is possible. Mm-hmm. So that, that bought us some time because uh, uh, the alternative, if we followed the law in Louisiana, it was not pretty for either party. Right. Yeah. And so 
as we try to navigate this, and I, I don't want to send panic into anybody because I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, people are going to get things worked out. They always seem to. But do we see the better solution as a state solution or as a federal government stimulus solution? I mean, right now, we, we, you know, everything's kind of up in the air, but every time you turn around, you get a, you're seeing another news report that another stimulus is being considered on Capitol Hill. In, in your opinion, you know, is it better if we home grow our, 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 our solution or, or do you think the, the, the best solution is to, for the feds to come in and fix this? I think what's going to happen in the end, it will be a combination. Um, we do have to address some issues, but uh, most people believe uh, the feds will come up with uh, some payment that's there's no interest. It will be a grant, basically, to help out with this one thing, mm-hmm. with the trust fund, which when you have government mandating businesses to shut down, okay, it's not business cause, it's not the economy cause, is government caused it. So I think in the end, uh, that's what uh, a lot of people are looking at. Uh, and so our legislature will meet in the springtime next year. So that gives us a little time to devise some options to look at. Uh, and it gives them time to see what the feds are going to do. Mm-hmm. So, um, As a department, do you, is are you all part of the discussion to come up with the solution on that end? Or is it... Or is it mostly coming from the elected officials? I'm sure our leadership in Baton Rouge has input. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, they would talk to the, the legislators. And they talk uh, on a regular basis. <laughs> I'm sure. But um, So I think it would be a combination of, of what other states are doing, uh, what we think we should do, and what the feds are going to do. So it would be a, a combination of those three factors. So... Um, if I'm as a business owner and I want to advocate for a solution, what would you say the best best routes to go? Contact the, the local elected official. Contact LWC. What what would you what would you or do it all? You know, go uh, go crazy. <laughs> I would I would contact both because uh, uh, our leadership. Uh, I know people talk to them all the time about mm-hmm. possible uh, issues and and uh, legislature same thing to see okay if what what options can we put on the table. And I'm sure they're looking at that right now. But um, I would, if I'm a businessman, I wouldn't be talking with them. Yes. Um, one last question about this, and we can get off this subject. But you said that the trust fund was was, was very good prior to COVID. You know, yeah. I said you said 1.3 billion. Um, is it possible, and maybe even probable, that if the economy gets churning, that that trust fund will begin to grow, and we won't we won't have to deal with it? At, at this level, or is it, or, or have we eroded it too far at this point to, to, to not do something to get it back to, to, to even? Uh, we can grow it, but not that fast. Mm-hmm. Okay, so bec- uh, the system is uh, is run pretty good in Louisiana, so we can be proud of that. Um, but uh, it would take a little while to get to that level again. Okay. okay? One last question, and then we'll, we'll do it. And this is this is a, a forecasting question for those who own businesses and are looking to find the right people. And that is, you know, jobs. People go where the jobs are, generally speaking. You know, the good pay, the good whatever. Do you see things on the horizon where we will begin to attract workforce to our area that that will help augment things? You know, or you know, do we need to go look out of state and try to get people in, or do you think that that we have probably have a good swell of, of skilled workforce if we keep down this path 
as we need need them in the future. Uh, the the best approach is, is both. We are always looking for out of state businesses to come in, which uh, that was one example we had tomorrow uh, yesterday, and that's a good prospect. But those are few and far between. So um, more people are leaning towards growing the businesses we do have. Like in this corridor from uh, I, with I twenty, uh, everybody says IT is going to be still becoming one of our biggest uh, sectors. Now we have a huge uh, healthcare sector mm-hmm. in this area, which is great. Uh, we have uh, we had a manufacturing base, which we still have, but it's less. Uh, we still can have a good transportation network because of the highway system. But um, it's a combination of growing what we have mostly because uh, the old days of bringing in businesses with four, five, six hundred. Uh, I don't see that happening uh, much, too much in the future. Okay. One last question. I came up with one before before we finish, and that is, if I was a parent of a student in you know anywhere from eighth to twelfth grade, and I wanted my child to stay in Louisiana and earn a good paying job, what would be your suggestion as far as what their area of, of study should be? Should it be in IT? Should it be in, you know what? Where where do you see the opportunities for employment moving forward? To be honest with you, um, there's many areas, okay? Um, and I don't want to knock college, but we have enough social workers, okay? A person can make a very good living, good money, from IT to healthcare to the mechanical trades to machinists, to, et cetera. There's, all those fields are hurting for good people who are trained, and uh, those job openings in this area come open every day. And so you take any of the, of the well, they used to call it trays, but it's, uh, it's uh, just an area that you can uh, really do well in. And I would suggest you contact your local schools, from BIPC to LTC to whatever. And uh, they have so many different training programs where a person in one to two years can be making some good money and have a good career. For example, just in a minute LTC, they have an instrumentation program. Those people have jobs before they graduate, Mm -hmm. and they make very good money and have a very career path. So uh, I would say suggest checking those out uh, because a person can do really well. Awesome. Jacques, thank you so much for being on the BizBits podcast today. And if people want more information, Tell them where they can go online. Sure. You can go to our website. It's www.laworks, that's L-A-W-O-R-K-S dot net, N-E-T. Thank you so much, sir, again. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for listening to the Greater Minden Chambers Biz Bits Podcast. For more information, visit us at greatermindenchamber.com. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook, too. See you next month.